It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction coming to you every weekday to help you know you're not alone on your journey of faith. Today, we're going to talk about our prayer life and uh, how's that going for you these days. And let's be honest, a prayer can be difficult at times. I mean, all those distractions, you can't seem to focus Maybe even finding the time to pray is a struggle. We had a caller yesterday on the program, Julia, in California, wondering if God was even hearing her. She had uh, the sense, as uh, she said, that uh, God was just sitting back and couldn't hear or wasn't hearing her prayer. But what about you? What are some problems you find yourself dealing with in your prayer life? Well, we're going to talk about that today. Here to help us on the journey, back with us once again, our spiritual director today, Father Peter John Cameron. Father Peter is a Dominican priest, founding editor-in-chief of the Magnificat, currently the prior at at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus, Ohio. Father Peter John Cameron, great to have you back on the program. Thanks for joining us today. It's a joy to be with you, Chuck. Thanks so much for having me on the show. And look, I always love talking about prayer, so we'll delve into that as we do every day. We'll invite you and our listening audience to join us as we talk about our problems and struggles in prayer. I suspect that uh, some of you may have a few of those and might want to talk about that, so we'll give you that phone number here in just a moment. But, um, Father Peter, get us started, and we talk about problems in prayer or struggles in prayer. Is this just part of the deal, as I like to say? I think it is by design, Chuck, because what the great saints and the mystics and the theologians tell us is that one of the reasons for prayer and God's divine providence is to give us ourself, our, our true self, uh, our real self. And the more that we pray, the more that um, we're, the, the false self drops away and we're kind of refined, you know, the saints and the scriptures love to use the whole idea of, of like a precious metal being refined in fire. And, and prayer is sort of that refining. So it's, it's not surprising at all that there are going to be problems in prayer, because as we come to discover who we really are in God's sight and what we're destined to be by God, the saints that we're meant to be, of course, the things that, that, are, that are inferior and even false about us have to fall away. And so the, the quote-unquote problems that we feel very often are simply an experience of that purification happening. And then, uh, Father Peter, like in any relationship, would we expect, certainly in our relationship with God, that it uh, might not always be great? I just think of the relationships in my own life, uh, my wife, Judy. I mean, I think we have a pretty strong uh, marriage and uh, great love for one another. But I'll be honest, you know what? There's days when I don't think she likes me very much. But even this, even though there are those days, and of course this is true of any relationship and of any, any friendship, even where deep, deep love is shared, there's something that is even more fundamental that can never be 
disoriented or or or, 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 or upturned. And in fact, it's the struggles that makes the bond ultimately even deeper and and, and fuses it even even more. So the trouble is that when we stop at appearances, when we stop at a, a particular problem or a predicament or something that confuses us and we say, okay, well, this trouble is happening, then I must be on the wrong track and it's not even worth the effort, then the evil one wins. So a, the, the great saints all speak about perseverance and persistence. If you think about the, the virtue, the moral virtue of courage, of fortitude, all the virtues have acts attached to them. And the principal act of courage, a lot of people might think, oh, it's, it's, being, it's showing bravery, and it really isn't. The principal act of courage, the saints tell us, is endurance. So mm-hmm. even when there is some, some, something coming at me that causes my stability to get wobbly or that, that imperils me in some way, I don't cave in. I don't give up. I keep going. I hold fast. And that kind of endurance, fortitude, is especially necessary in the life of prayer. Mm-hmm. Father Peter John Cameron, our spiritual director, uh, talking today about our prayer life and the, the problems and struggles uh, that we all experience. But let's open up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience to join us. It's a toll-free phone number, as I think most of you know, 888-914-9149. You can also email us, com. But as you think about your journey of faith, your prayer life, uh, how's that going for you these days? And what is um, your biggest struggle in your prayer life? And and when, perhaps uh, in the struggles, have you discovered a way to deepen your prayer? And certainly if you have any questions about your prayer life, we invite you to join us on the program today. And again, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. So, Father Peter, when we talk about um, problems and struggles in prayer, what are some of the problems that many of us uh, do run into in our prayer life? I think one of the most universal one is is the problem of distraction. So I set out very intentionally to pray, and I commit myself to a time and to a form and even to a place, and my intention is to be completely 100% focused on God, listening to Him, giving over to Him, loving Him, receiving His love, and then that gets derailed for one reason or another. And again, this can be deeply frustrating to people because it makes them feel unworthy that somehow... Um, God's not interested in their prayer, or that they're not capable of praying. And all of this can be the work of the evil one, and and really very insidious. So it's important to keep in mind, I think, Chuck, that, again, based on the writings of the saints and their experience of prayer, especially those who were great contemplative prayers, like those who withdrew to the pres- to the desert to pray. This is something they contended with a lot. We have to keep in mind that there are really two different kinds of distractions. So one is um, in, um, voluntary distractions, and so that's, you know, we're failing to turn off my cell phone or um, uh, really not being as committed, you know, letting, not, not um, letting myself be as focused, um, not being in a place where I can really dedicate my, myself to my prayer at this moment, either because, I don't know, there are things that I can hear or things that I can see or whatever, 
You know, if I'm praying too close to the kitchen and dinner's being made, that can be a big distraction. <laughs> but also there are involuntary distractions. And St. Thomas Aquinas and other people say, well, these are, these are not our fault. These are distractions that God permits to happen, and he does that precisely to strengthen us in our relationship with him. Because as I say, if we can keep to this prayer, even when we don't feel like we're doing a very good job, but we're not experiencing any sort of comfort, that is the sign that we really are committed, that that we have really given ourselves to God. And, And the great saints say, in a certain way, it's it's important not to pray to have these, not to ask to have these involuntary distractions taken away, because we need them. And some of the saints say, as terrible as these involuntary distractions are, because they can be very distressing, the reality is we're not out doing worse things, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, so it's it's not pleasant what we're going through, but at least we're being protected from. Uh, evil acts that would be much, much worse for our soul. Mm-hmm. I think that... Well, and the Father Peter, when you talk about involuntary distractions, uh, what might uh, that look like? So, again, you sit down and you really you say, you say, Jesus, I'm going to pray for the next 20 minutes, and my life is yours, and it's and, and this, is, uh, this time is completely dedicated to you. And you find yourself maybe bombarded with sins from your past life that come back and almost like a haunting and and you feel overwhelmed with, with guilt even though you've confessed them etc but it just makes you feel somehow that you're a hypocrite that might be one form or there is a worry or an anxiety or concern because of what's going on in the world etc and, and you realize as you pray i'm i'm really more uh connected to my anxiety and my fretfulness at this moment than I am really listening to Jesus and being attentive to him and and letting his desire for intimacy with him sink in. Um, And and some of them are very uh, noble in a way, you know, if if I have a sick member of my family and, and, and I'm just, again, sort of deluged with the sense of what's going to happen in the future, just the just the prospect of the future and sort of the the foreboding of the future can be a terrible distraction for people because it's it's unknown and um, mm-hmm. so that it, it brings with it its own set of anxious concerns. It's those sorts of things. But but again, the great saints and particularly one very powerful spiritual classic called the Cloud of Unknowing, which is actually the one of the first spiritual books written in English, uh, I think it was in the 14th century, um, the, the author who's unknown and anonymous says, one of the best things that we can do when these distractions come is to acknowledge them and to place them into what he calls the cloud of forgetting. So I'm reminded of the sins of my past. I, I acknowledge that. I don't try to fight them. They place them in the cloud of forgetting. i overwhelmed with a sense of, okay, I have this deadline looming, and I don't know how I'm going to meet it. They place it in the cloud of forgetting. I'm overwhelmed with anxiety about the future, and I just don't know if I can go on. I place it in the cloud of forgetting, and I let that be God's responsibility. 
And I then plunge myself into the cloud of unknowing. That is to say, mm. um, this is not about me figuring out the universe. This is about letting God, who loves me in, in, in ways that I can't even imagine, just deluge me with his love for the, mm. the period allotted to prayer. Yeah. And then do we in it some way... Be- I was just going to say, do we in some way take those involuntary distractions, and do they then become part of our prayer? Well, I think they do, because to to the extent that um, the involuntary distractions don't sabotage us, and they don't become the ambush that the evil one intends them to be, we come away super strengthened. I mean, I I, I was just teaching RCIA to our our, um, parishioners, to be at St. Joseph's in Greenwich Village before I moved to Columbus. And I said, we were talking about prayer, and I said, one of the things you have to remember about prayer is it's sort of like radioactivity. So if you go in front of something that's radioactive, you don't, and you don't realize it, it's still going to take a big effect on you because you're going to come away radioactive, which and on the natural level is a very bad thing. But on the supernatural level, by analogy, is a really good thing. Because if we're, if we're going before this unseen superpower in prayer, and we're not letting anything to, to detract us or hold us back, when we come away from it, even though we might not feel better, and we might feel, or we might feel sort of beat up or something, because all we've been doing is fending off these distractions, we are actually strengthened and fortified in a way that um, is, um, is identical with who we are. And, and that strength is... The more we pray, that strength is just going to keep on increasing. Yeah. It's not going to subside. The cloud of forgetting. I like that a lot. We are uh, talking today about our prayer life, and uh, how's that going for you these days? What's your biggest struggle in your prayer? And maybe in the struggles, the problems, you've discovered a way to deepen your prayer. We'd love to hear the story. Father Peter John Cameron, our spiritual director, if you would like to join us, it's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. is today's Gospel reading from the New American Bible. Luke, chapter 19, verses 11 through 28. While people were listening to Jesus speak, he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and they thought that the kingdom of God would appear there immediately. So he said, A nobleman went off to a distant country to obtain the kingship for himself and then to return. He called ten of his servants and gave them ten gold coins and told them, Engage in trade with these until I return. His fellow citizens, however, despised him and sent a delegation after him to announce, We do not want this man to be our king. But when he returned after obtaining the kingship, he had the servants called to whom he had given the money to learn what they had gained by trading. The first came forward and said, Sir, your gold coin has earned ten additional ones. He replied, Well done, good servant. You have been faithful in this very small matter. Take charge of ten cities. Then the second came and reported, Your gold coin, sir, has earned five more. 
To this servant too, he said, You, take charge of five cities. Then the other servant came and said, Sir, here is your gold coin. I kept it stored away in a handkerchief, for I was afraid of you because you are a demanding man. You take up what you did not lay down, and you harvest what you did not plant. He said to him, With your own words I shall condemn you, you wicked servant. You knew I was a demanding man, taking up what I did not lay down and harvesting what I did not plant. Why did you not put my money in a bank? Then on my return I would have collected it with interest. And to those standing by he said, Take the gold coin from him and give it to the servant who has ten. But they said to him, Sir, he has ten gold coins. He replied, I tell you, to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now, as for those enemies of mine who did not want me as their king, bring them here and slay them before me. After he had said this, he proceeded on his journey up to Jerusalem. You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com gospel or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And welcome back. Thank you for joining us on the program today. Chuck Neff, along with our producer, Nick Schmitz, Jim Schaefer, answering your phone calls. Father Peter John Cameron, our spiritual director. Father Peter's a Dominican priest, founding editor-in-chief of the Magnificat, currently the prior of St. Patrick Priory in Columbus, Ohio, talking today about our prayer life and, um, more specifically, our struggles and our problems. And uh, don't we all have that? Yep. Uh, yes, we do. We uh, all agree with that. But we're talking about that today. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. Toll-free phone number 888-914-9149, our email address, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. But your uh, prayer life, how's that going for you uh, these days? And um, maybe you're uh, struggling. Maybe you've got some problems with that. If you want to uh, talk about that, we invite you to join us. But also in your struggles, when have you found a way maybe to deepen your prayer life and really embrace uh, the struggles and the problems? We'd love to hear the story. Again, toll-free number 888-914-9149. So, uh, Father Peter, let's head to the phones and let's start with uh, Nancy listening in Sacramento, California. Hi, Nancy. Good to have you on The Inner Life today. Okay. Thank you for taking my call. Also, it's good to hear from a priest that is now in first prayer life. What I feel, my intentions, I don't know, intentions are distractions, because I'll have a a special intention, and I, most of my prayers are related to some you know, certain intention. And then as I'm praying, uh, whether it's the rosary or just uh, general chair, uh, just talking to God or whatever it is, 
And then I'm thinking, oh, I'm not really thinking about my intentions, whether it's for uh, the poor, the souls in purgatory, or whatever. So I'm just wondering, how during the prayer, how often are you supposed to think of your intentions (laughs) rather than just at the beginning? So I think sometimes I'm kind of bewildered trying to think of my intentions and the prayer, between that and the prayer. Well, it's a wonderful question, and it's a sign of how committed and how serious you are about your prayer, Nancy. And I would just take that word intention very seriously, because your intention signifies what you intend. And once you uh, uh, reveal that to God, He takes it as seriously as you do. So as long as you're not um, making the intention and then willingly allowing yourself to be, kind, to be, as I say, distracted or, or kind of uh, uh, be very lighthearted about prayer, which obviously you're not, your intention is in God's hands, and He's caring for it. And even though you intend to offer something to God, which you certainly do, He intends to offer you something, too. And so His response you is something that you might not be aware of and something that you're not anticipating. Uh, So I think you can rest with great confidence that what you have confided to God in your intention is is truly given to Him, and then you just pray, and, and prayer just goes whatever way it goes. This happens very often, in my experience, in praying the Rosary, because we have these meditations, which are so beautiful because they take us into the life of Christ, which are the saving actions that are continuing to save us now. And so it's important that we enter into them in this prayerful way, because they are critical to our own, the possibility of our growth in holiness and becoming saints. But um, I find sometimes, being mid-decade, that I'm not really um, super focused on the particular meditation, because God is doing his own thing, you know, and even if it's just sort of making my mind a little bit blank so I can be receptive to his love and to his care for me. But that doesn't mean that the the intention of making that particular meditation, the, the sort of the focus of those, those ten Hail Marys, is anyway lacking, because it's, it's not. So it's, it's, it's sort of like... Um, if I could use this analogy, it's it's sort of like anything that you have learned to do that doesn't require a lot of thought, like driving the car or playing tennis or if you knit or whatever it is. Once you've learned the rules, they become second nature to you. The theologians, you have the habitus, you have the habit of doing this. And so you have the habit of prayer, and so you don't have to have a lot of thinking involved in it, especially once you have made your 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 intention known to God. I hope that helps. Yeah. Good question, Nancy. Uh, thanks uh, for joining us uh, on the program today, talking about our prayer life. Let's head to uh, Austin, Texas, and Felix is listening there. Felix, uh, welcome to the program today. Calling in uh, my girlfriend. Uh, she has uh, COVID-19. She's been in there since uh, November the 1st. Um, she went, she got tested, and they, she tested positive, and I had to take her back to the hospital, to the emergency room on November the 5th, 
and she's been in there ever since. When she first got there, she had a little bit of pneumonia going on in her lungs, so, you know, they kept her there and they put her on antibiotics, and she seemed to be getting better, but then she's gotten worse, and now they got her in the intensive care unit, and I was just calling in to see if you guys could say a prayer for me, hopefully. What is her name, Sheila? Miracles. Her name's Cynthia. What is your girlfriend's name? Cynthia. Cynthia, let us pray. Loving Father, we ask your special blessing of healing for Cynthia. Lord, please come very close to her at this moment. Bless her. Bless her doctors and nurses and all those caring for her. Lord, please lift away from her this terrible disease and restore her to health. Let her know your closeness, your care for her, and at the same time, please bless her with peace and Felix with your great peace. Comfort him. Give him your closeness, the assurance of your tenderness and of your care. Give him the strength and the faith and the trust he needs to know that you are never far from us, especially when we are suffering, because that is when we are the closest to your divine Son on the cross. We thank you for the gift of growing in holiness by enduring this terrible affliction, and we simply ask for the grace that we need, especially for Felix and for Cynthia, to suffer well at this moment, to offer this suffering for the, the, the good of their own souls and for the souls of so many that need the prayers of those who suffer worthily, especially the holy souls in purgatory. Please protect, protect and raise up Cynthia, strengthen your son Felix, and please bring her to a swift and, and complete healing. And we ask this with so much confidence and thankfulness, united with the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Mother of God, and in the name of your Son, Jesus. And we ask a blessing, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Felix, uh, God bless you. Um, trust me, when Father Peter is praying, uh, there's listeners across the country, uh, coast to coast, uh, border to border, Maui to Maine, as we like to say here, on Relevant Radio, praying with you and praying for you and praying uh, for Cynthia as well. And uh, is she um, is she improving at all? No, not really. Uh, I talked to the doctor last night, and they said that if things don't improve with her within the next 24 hours, they'll probably have to put on her ventilator because her her strength is it, it, it's you know it's going down, and you know they need to give her lungs a, a rest because she's been laboring for more than two weeks now. Yeah. Well, just be be assured of our prayers. I haven't said my rosary yes. today, and uh, we'll be uh, lifting you and Cynthia up, certainly as we uh, pray that uh, later today. But, Father Peter, we hear stories like that. So many so many people impacted by uh, COVID-19 these days. And um, go back and certainly, um, if you can talk a little bit about struggles and problems. I mean, so many of us, certainly Felix praying for Cynthia, praying and praying and praying. And uh, some people don't win the fight. Uh, some people don't get better. How do we begin to to embrace that and recognize that God is still in this with us? 
It's true that one of the great obstacles to prayer is just the the sense of being overwhelmed by darkness and desolation. And it's uh, really it's it's a moment that is a is a is a test for um, for for all of us because if in that moment of darkness we can persevere and and, and keep crying out to heaven then uh, God can do things with our freedom that are, are not otherwise possible, because it really is a, the height of virtue to, to trust in the moment of just utter desolation and, and to, to be a person of hope. I mean, one of, one of the, um, the writers that I just think so highly of is a Spanish priest. He's the, the president of the Ecclesial Movement Communion and Liberation. His name is Father Julian Caron, and he says in one of his writings, when I am in endless darkness, so much so that I cannot stand myself anymore, it is there that I am forced to go to the bottom of it and recognize an other. So his point is, as overwhelming as the darkness is, and as much as it makes us feel forsaken and abandoned and utterly alone and just powerless beyond words, the reality is that it's only when we get to that dark, very deep uh, place of darkness, uh, of, of utter blackness, that we can recognize the presence of God in a way that we wouldn't be able to otherwise and that can be the beginning of the transformation of our life. Felix, uh, God bless you. Lots of people praying for you. Uh, keep us posted. I know sometimes it's difficult in these moments to let us uh, know how uh, this turns out for you, but uh, just be assured of our prayers uh, as you uh, head forth on this uh, on this journey in front of you. Father Peter John Cameron, our spiritual director, talking about our prayer life today, the problems and struggles that we all face. Let's uh, head back to the phones. And Connie, listening in Bayside, New York, you are up next. Uh, thank you for the call. Welcome to the program. Uh, yes, hi. Uh, I just had a question about um, when you're, like, sometimes I, well, mostly every day I do like my own little litany of the saints with my favorite saints, and it gets longer all the time. But uh, sometimes, like, if I'm doing it before Mass or at the beginning of adoration, I feel like saying, like, for instance, St. Catherine of Siena, pray with me rather than pray for us. And I was wondering if that's improper to say, like, you know, St. Francis Xavier, pray with me instead of pray for us. I don't want to do it if it's improper. That was my question. (laughs) I think there's something very beautiful about that, because one of the reasons why part of of God's divine plan is to have the communion of saints what the letter to the Hebrews refers to as the great cloud of witnesses, is because they give us a very tangible expression of friendship. So they're not supposed to be like, I don't know, divine CEOs who have made it into the corporate office and they're making all the decisions. They're meant to be our companions. They're meant to be part of the culture of encounter that the the Pope Francis keeps calling for. And, so to give us a very human and 
and and and tender, down to earth experience of God's closeness and of our growing closer to Him through both their intercession and their mediation. So, yes, to ask the saint to pray with us is a, is just an indirect way of saying pray for us. But what you're 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 asking for for to be part of the communion, and so. I, I think there's something extremely, you know, beautiful and noble about it because the saints love it when we let them into uh, into our lives. That, that to say, you, you're not just like the guy that comes to fix the dishwasher when he's when it's broken. Saints don't want to just be the the car mechanic because the only time you see him is when your automobile automobile is not functioning. I don't know too many people that send Christmas cards to their car mechanic. Maybe there are people. But there are a lot of people in our life that we only think about when things are going wrong. And the saints don't want to be put in that category. You know, they want to be pe- they want to be people who are around all the time. So, I mean, why would you have statues of saints and pictures of saints and holy cards of saints if you didn't want them to be part of the very fabric of your life? So I think there's something very beautiful about it recognizing that, of course, they have privileges that have been bestowed upon them by virtue of their sanctity and being canonized and enjoying the splendor and the paradise of heaven that we don't have. And as the, as the catechism and, 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 and other theologians tell us, one of the great glories of the saints is that they apply the merits of their holiness to our life. That is to say, they, they supply for the lack in our life. And so that's why we really ask them to pray for us, saying, I can't do this on my own because of my sins, because of my limitations, because of my inability. But if you take my cause and bring it before God and apply your own holiness to my cause, then God is going to look at it with the same regard that he has for you, this particular saint, in his or her particular splendor, you know, as as one of the ones who have made it into the great pantheon of saints. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's both. Yeah, Connie, great question, great insight. Let me add that word uh, to your call today. Thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, let's uh, take another call. Michael, listening in Fall River, Wisconsin. Thank you for the call. Welcome to the program today. Good morning, and, and, and thank you for a great topic. Um, I'm just really right now um, as of three months ago started to really increase my prayer life um, I mm. have tried to shut out the noise I've shut off the news I don't watch the news and I, I was a big political junkie but I've just shut it out and it's mm-hmm. all in trying to trust God more and my problem in, I, I, I do my rosary in the morning, early morning, before I go to work. And uh, my problem is my past sins of my youth keep popping up. And I, I know I, I, I go to confession regularly, and I know I've been forgiven. Um, my question is, is this a problem uh, for me, and how do I stop it, or, or do I embrace these sins as a part of me, or, or, or what? I'll tell you, Michael, um, 
this is going to sound strange, but it's a tremendous problem to have because it means that you're very close to God. Because if the devil is um, so, if he's so running scared by your new but very um, profound dedication to living your life of faith, if he's if this has caused him to be so scared, because it's a terrible thing for him to um, not to have his clutches on, on someone, that he has to resort to things from your past to try to derail your relationship with Jesus Christ, this is a sign that he's desperate, and that's good for you. That's good for you. So um, you want to keep your focus always on the Lord. And so when your sins come to haunt you, that's the time to look at the crucifix or to look at a, a statue of the Blessed Mother and even to caress the statue, even to kiss the crucifix. Because here's the thing, the things that happen one by one are just the way they're supposed to be. My spiritual director taught me this. The things in the past do not exist. They have no reality. They do not exist. They're over. And the things in the future have not yet come to be. The only thing that exists is the present moment. And what do you want to do in the present moment? You want to worship and adore God. So that's what you do. And if you're bombarded by these sins, you simply acknowledge them, and you say, Jesus, left to my, yes, I'm guilty of these sins, but I've been forgiven of them because I brought them to confession, and I've already handed them over to you. So I'm, I'm going to do it again now, but with great confidence, because I believe in your mercy more than my ability to, to uh, commit evil. And that is the reason why Christ allows this kind of a tussle with our past to, to become more and more galvanized in the reality of the, the mercy that has made you and that is now remaking you. Yeah. Michael, does that help? That, that helps a lot, and it just strengthens my commitment now that I know that the evil one is behind it. And, um, but... Um, can I just share with you something that happened to me this morning during my Yeah, you rosary? bet. Go ahead. Um, I was saying the Joyful Rosary, and it, it is my favorite one. Um, I, I actually wake up looking forward to the Joyful Rosary. Um, uh, in contrast, the Sorrowful, it's just, I just dread it, but I do it. Um, but this morning, when I started out um, really uh, focused on um, Mary saying yes to God. Um, I just had this overwhelming feeling of uh, trust, just trust, like Mary trusted. And throughout the whole rosary, um, this feeling just stayed with me, like you have to trust in God. And so that was, and I, I've been thinking about it all day since. Um, so... Um, I, I think that I'm really getting into this prayer thing, and it's really helping me. That's what I got to say. Yeah. 
Well, That's a Michael, beautiful grace, Michael. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Uh, Michael, good to have you on the program. Thanks for the honesty. We always appreciate that on on this program. Father Peter John Cameron, our spiritual director, talking about our prayer life today. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. Toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Your biggest struggle in your prayer life, if you want to spend some time with us, we invite you to do that. Again, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. More of your phone calls. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. If you missed part of the program, you can listen to this show and any of your favorites on the Relevant Radio app or online at RelevantRadio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thanks for joining us, Father Peter John Cameron, our spiritual director. Father Peter, a Dominican priest, a founding editor-in-chief of the Magnifica, currently the prior of St. Patrick Priory in Columbus, Ohio, talking today about our prayer life and uh, more specifically about some of the difficulties, the problems that all of us face. And a little bit of time left if you'd like to join us. Toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Just a real quick reminder, Christmas is just around the corner. And that, of course, means Advent is uh, uh, right in front of us as well. Advent begins on Sunday, uh, November 29th. We have a simple way for you to grow in your faith this Advent season. We invite you to sign up for Father Rocky's Inspirations. Uh, They are short daily audio reflections designed to help you uh, delve into the beauty of the Advent season. These reflections will be emailed to you each morning throughout Advent, and they'll help uh, you start the day with a smile, give you something to think about as you uh, march through every day during Advent. And you can sign up uh, for Father Rocky's Advent Inspirations at the website relevantradio.com slash Advent. You can also click on the banner at on the uh, Relevant Radio app. Father Peter, let's head back to the phones. And Julia, listening in San Diego, thank you for the call. Welcome to the program today. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I wanted to share an um, experience that I had with prayer When my husband and I first got married, um, we had been married for years before I got pregnant. And then when I finally did, then I would have miscarriage after miscarriage. And on the third miscarriage, I had been four months along, and it was so hard. And every day after my husband would go to work, then I didn't want him to realize how devastated I was, um, you know, every minute. So when he would leave, then I would go to my knees, and I would pray, and I would ask, Heavenly Father, please help me through this. And I would ask him, what was wrong, and why was it that he didn't trust me with little children? Is that what was the matter? Is it something I had done? Would I not be a good mother? And so each day as I would pray this, and I'd be on my knees for a good length of time, and then I would get up, and I would try to go about my day. The third day, as I was on my knees, I heard a voice in my mind as I prayed. And it said, Julia, it's all right. And at first I thought, it's all right. And then I heard it again. 
And as I heard that, then a feeling of peace came over me, and my grief was swept away. And I felt so close to God. I knew that He loves me, and I knew He loves each of us. He knows us. He knows us by name. And the thing that I learned from this experience is that no matter what we're going through, we have been promised when God left, when when Christ left, He said, "Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid." And I found that when God speaks peace to our heart, no matter what's happening around us, is irrelevant. We feel that peace, and we can feel close to Him, and everything is all right. I just wanted to share that. That's beautiful. I think it's uh, you were given a very profound grace, and you're going to heal a lot of souls by the trust and and the uh, you know refusing to. To give up, even though the struggles were terrible. Thank you so much for being such a beacon of hope for people. Yeah. Julia, were you able to have children? Yes. Yes, I and I ended up by, we adopted our first, and then I actually ended up being able to have two more. Good Praise God. So, and they're wonderful. They're dear. They're fabulous. And it was, but it was a hard, long wait. And it was so, so difficult to go through, you know. And I would have to stay in bed the entire time. From the minute I found out I was pregnant, then I would have to stay in bed. I couldn't even sit up. My husband would leave me a little sack of food <laughs> by the bed. And um, if I moved, then, then I would miscarry. So they found out I just had to stay straight down. But Heavenly Father, mm-hmm. He can, He changes the whole situation, not necessarily by changing the situation, but by changing our hearts. He can do that. Yeah. Well, Julia, beautiful story. Thanks uh, for sharing that with us today. You know, Father Peter, she talks about they had a hard, long wait. And I wonder if that's an insight and a lesson for all of us uh, when we think our prayers aren't being answered quickly enough or the way we want them to. I think you're on to something, Chuck, because, I mean, you think like St. Augustine and his sainted mother, Monica, praying for, what, 20-plus years for the conversion of her son, which just seemed not to be a possibility, and yet she persevered and, and refused to let up, and then succeeded, and thank God, because he's one of the greatest theologians and saints and 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 bishops that the Church has ever known, so... Sometimes it's it's in that experience of long suffering that uh, what is required for us really to become friends of God gets fused, it, it, and it can't happen without that particular experience. So it's so beautiful when people give God the leeway to um, lavish them with His love according to His own schedule and plan. 
Yeah. Father Peter John Cameron, our spiritual director, talking about uh, our prayer life today. And uh, Father Peter, I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to talk a little bit about time and taking the time, because I say it. I'm sure a lot of our listeners say it. You may as well. But, you know, I just don't have the time. And I always like to remind myself, you know what, Chucky, baby, all you have is time. So use it well. And I just um, I just wonder if if sometimes that becomes an excuse when we say we don't have have the time to pray. Do we need to take the time? I'm so happy you're bringing this up, Chuck, because I, I know it is one of the big problems and struggles with prayer. And uh, again, I mean, people can feel really inadequate because they think uh, that in order to pray well, I have to have big blocks of time. But the reality is that, again, this is the saints, the the best way to pray really is to pray frequently, but briefly. I mean, even if we can't devote 20 minutes or a half an hour to prayer, if we're praying frequently, if our whole day is punctuated by prayer, if then we really are fulfilling what St. Paul says in, in one of his letters about praying always. And for me, I, I use down, the downtime, like folding laundry or walking from one place to another, simply to offer uh, in my heart, or, or even if I'm just whispering them, a simple prayer is like, Jesus and Mary, I love you, save souls. Or, the, or the, the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And if I can't do that, just to say and to repeat, but devoutly, the holy name of Jesus. Doing that brings us to a level of a, a, a attention and sensitivity to God's work in our life, His presence in our life, that can be just as effective as praying um, for a, a much more extensive period of time and, uh, you know, prayers that we read, etc. It, it can have a, a great power. And, and again, all, it simply means praying frequently and really making it just part of our, our everyday life. I mean, uh, and... But with great simplicity, not beating ourselves up if we can't put in 10 or 15 minutes. In fact, St. Thomas Aquinas says that the moment that we start to get weary in prayer is probably the time when we should be stopping anyway, because we're not really tuned in. Father Peter John Cameron, our spiritual director, we need to wrap things up. And Father, we'd like to close this hour with a final blessing for all of our listeners. Most merciful Father, please bless all of your children, especially those who are listening now, who have such a deep desire to live for you and to live your life. Please raise them up and bless them in your holy name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Peter, a pleasure to have you on the program. So appreciate you taking time to join us. Thanks uh, for doing that, and uh, we'll see you next time on The Inner Life. Father Peter John Cameron, our spiritual director, thanks to him. Thanks to you for taking a little bit of time in your day to join us here on The Inner Life as well. We are celebrating Mass here in less than a minute, and then don't forget 1230 Central, The Faith Explained with Kale Clark. We're back tomorrow. Hope to see you then.